I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of Hell yeah, we're, hell yeah, we're recording this time, John. Go ahead. Fuck yeah. This has been we we've tried this three times and we're doing it now. And you know what? We're coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the League Podcast headquarters in snowy Upper Arlington, Ohio. I am Diesel, and this is Don't Fear the Keeper. Joining me today from all the way up in a city. I'll just step right in. I'll just step right in there, John, and say I'm doing very well. It's, it's nice to have you. It's nice to it's nice to be here. It's owned by Duck Hodges. Uh, this is the Basil Boy himself, Chuck Kesa. Chuck, uh, it, I'm glad you're doing well. Welcome. Thanks. Um, so we have a lot for you guys today. Uh, most of it playoff related, obviously. Not all, though. We have a, uh, a fun, exciting new segment that we're debuting later. Uh, but yeah, we had a very exciting week. Pretty much the most exciting week that I can actually remember in league history. I don't know about you, Chuck. <sighs> With what was on the line, I mean, I think that's going to be tough to beat. It, I mean, it's definitely it's got the keys to the uh, to the car yeah, we, if it wants them. We've had games that come down to the wire or are very very like exciting or multiple, but like not with that level of stuff on the line. Absolutely. Well, okay. Well, we're going to review all of that, all the happenings from this past week, all of the stuff that is coming next week. But before we get to all that great, great content. Uh, let's recap the past week's action. Week 13. First, we take you to a game that Alex tried and failed to make important, as Max Racens took on Gurr's Scurries. Boy, howdy, it's good to know Mike would have missed the playoffs even if the league hadn't intervened. He put himself behind early and often in this one, seeing 3.5 from Jonathan, I'm not quite sure who that is, Williams, 0.8 from RJ2, and negative 1 from Brett Marr, I hardly know her. For his part, Gray left nothing a chance as he used 13 from MJJ, 23 from Derek Henry, and 37 from James Peake to seal this one in his first career Norwich Football League playoff berth. Final, Mike, 60.7. Gurry, 115.6. In a showdown at opposite ends of the West, Zach and Collins squared off in a do-or-die game for one and a no-one-cares game for the other. Holy shit, did this one stink worse than a pile of poop in a porter body of a Christmas tree parking lot. Luckily for Zach and Collins, Colin decided to give his team the week off, tossing up his own near phone number number with a 979-301 day. Decent games of 20 by Patrick Treehouse, 16 from DeAndre Airport, and 14 from the Steelers defense at least gives Colin some hope that his team could be rounding into form uh, for a playoff run, as long as he manages to wake them up in time for their big matchup in two weeks. Zach was on, the other, uh, was on another mission, though, early on, with the win never in doubt. It was all about points. Exactly like going to need a lot of them to keep himself alive. Old Strip Weathers gave it his best shot, securing 29 from Alshon and Chipmunks Jeffrey, 19 from Keenan and Cal Allen, 
and 14 from Travis Scott Kelsey. Zach was dead, but not quite buried. But only decent weeks of 19 from Cooper Trooper Cup, 16 from Kyler Flipmurray, and 11 from Le'Veon as the bell tolls, and the clock struck midnight on Zach as he would wind up 70 points short of his goal on account of his team being bad for the entirety of the season. Zach, 125.4, Kyler, 78.5. Next, we move on to a truly mythical matchup. As Alex, the giant, Avila, took on Ben, the giant killer, Hood. Alex came out determined to prove that size does matter. He used 18 from TG2, 22 from AR2, and 8 from MI2 to try to stomp all over Ben. But Ben was shifty, gritty, and a real coach's son type. He threw back 17 from Chris Carson Wentz and 19 apiece from DJ, but wait, there's more, and Devin Multiple Terry, and then another 23 from Drake Allen to slay this giant just like all the rest. Final, Alex 126.4, Ben 134.5. In a smackdown of longtime rivals and former lovers, Brian and the commission met in a good old-fashioned bat fight. Similarly, one team wanted a victory, the other team wanted points. Brian came out strong, using 20 from Jebediah Elliott and 17 from Hobbs Ridley to get the action going on Thursday night football on Thanksgiving Day. Chuck similarly struck quick as 16 from Marty Stoudemire Cooper put Chuck right, in, right into the action. Chuck came back again as 13 from Alvin Chevy Camara and 14 from Avengers Landry opened the door for Swim to take the opportunity. Brian thrust him into that opening thick boss. Chuck opened the door for Brian to take the opportunity. Brian thrust himself into that opening vigorously, using 23 from Cortland Bob Sutton and 11 and a half apiece from Jared Gordon Ramsey and Donkey Kong Metcalf to surge ahead. Chuck took a brief lead, but it's a disappointing 10 from Green Eggs and Sam Darnold and 14 from St. Claude Narles Barkley allowed the Beast to use Russell Pearl Wilson's 17-point day to launch himself into the playoffs. Brian, 1.9.5. Chuck, 108.5. And finally, we take you to this week's nail-biter as my raging Rutledges took on Paul and his deep sadness. The Rutledges looked shaky early, seeing a pedestrian 6.7 from DJ Chark the Herald Angel Sing and 11 from Ole Easy Breeze. Paul took advantage of the Rutledge's rust with 22 from Lamar Miller Jackson, 16 from Austin Texas Eckler, and 30 from Big Blade Bob, giving him a commanding lead. But 24 from Devontae Adam Scott and 21 from Juju Edelman made this a close one heading into the Monday night game. With just minutes left, Paul seemed to have the win and a playoff spot hog tied. But then, disaster. Cousins finds Rudolph the red-nosed tight end for 15 points and the Rutledges oust the Pauls from the playoffs by a narrow margin. Final, Rutledges 126.6, Powell 125.1. And that is your action from week 13. All right. Yeah. Chuck, that's some of your more inspired pun work that I've heard in a while. I appreciate that. That's, I mean, I, I'll, I will say, did you say aw shucks in the middle there? 
It's possible. <laughs> I, I, I just wasn't expecting what, it. What, once I get a new it, there's no tunnel coming out of this mouth. So. So what you're telling me I, is that you were. In I, I, I am. I'm, mere, I'm merely the vessel. I am not the engine. When I start going. <laughs> so you're saying that if Berman got halfway through like a real exciting moment, he would just just like there'd be an aw shucks in the middle there if he fucked up in the middle of something. I I, I wouldn't put it past them. Okay, well that's that's good to know. Honestly, but Berman, the, the, the real the real Berman doesn't make mistakes. Ah, so. that's a good point. Well, that's why we have you. Exactly. Um, okay. Shout out, Chris, shout out Chris Berman and Avalos of the pod. Right. Love you, Chris. Thanks, Chris, obviously, for your continued patronage. Um, okay. So now, Charlie, uh, we are going to dive. I think we dive straight into uh, a segment that we are calling It's Electric. It's Electric. Uh, so this is going to be our recap of what happened last week. AKA Electric Factory. Electric Factory. Which, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just a power plant. Um, so we're calling this one It's Electric. Uh, and this is going to be our recap of what happened last week. Some of the, the, uh, the obvious effects being uh, who got into the playoffs, who didn't, in what I think Chuck and I agree is one of the most exciting weeks in league history. So we feel we felt like it was worthwhile to uh, go through everything and uh, you know sort of matchup by matchup, just talk about what happened. So, yep. Chuck, if, uh, if it's good with you, I was thinking we're just going to go back through in the order that Chuck and I just read them in all of the matchups and just sort of give some of our passing thoughts. Uh, as far as uh, you know, what happened there, and and what we think this means for the the playoff race, or not the race, the the championship race now. Yep. Uh, all right, so we're gonna start with Gary and Mike then. So Gary and Mike was uh, probably the one with the most to gain or lose because if Gary won, he was in. If Gary lost, he was in all likelihood out. Um. Uh, yeah. But it wound up being a complete blowout. Um. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. So Mike, uh, Mike had this opportunity. Uh, you know, we did as a unit kind of fuck him last week. Uh, we took away a win from him and we prevented him from rigging the results to secure a playoff spot guaranteed by the rules. Um, and Mike could have really turned this around and been like, no, fuck you guys. I'm making the playoffs anyway, or at least I'm going to keep Garrison out. And instead Mike turned around and had the worst week of his season so far. The, the, the worst two weeks. Like, think about how bad he was last That's week, true. too. That's true. I said, I said, I would feel a little bit bad about, like I said, essentially banishing Mike to the losers bracket if his team showed any res- like semblance of competitiveness. And it's, uh, and I mean, really, it was top to bottom. So if you look at Mike's team, there wasn't even like there was like uh, help on his bench, like. If like Sammy Watkins had thrown up forty on his bench, you could have been like, ah, oh, yeah, well, maybe, but no, like yeah. Sterling Shepard scored thirteen points on his bench. Everybody else did just as well as his starting lineup did, which is shitty. And it's yeah, I mean, it's just pretty incredible that Mike Mike had an opportunity to really uh, tell us all to suck his dick, and instead he uh, sucked his own. Is that a, is that uh, the analogy? 
Maybe. Okay. We're going with it. I'm going to stick. I'm going to lean into it. Now, not to be, not to be, uh, you know, passed up on, but had it not been for 37 points from James White, Garrison's team also stunk this week. So Garrison's team did not look good. Though, again, if you do the math on it, if you take away, if you take away all of James White's points, uh, Garrison beats Mike by 10, which is pretty yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. So, um, but I do, I will say, I think Garrison turned around and proved to us all. Cause I, I don't know. I had my reservations cause Garrison's points for are, uh, it's not a good looking number, but he kind of turned around and proved that he seems to be a, a legit playoff team that could potentially win a game here. Uh, and so I, I'd call this a statement win from Gary, even though he received almost no resistance to it being a win. Yeah, he was playing wet newspaper this week. He was, he was, but he still won. He's still, he's still going to beat the wet newspaper. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Gary, Gary's, you know, sort of playoff push here is really going to hinge upon the health of, of Juju and James Conner in this next game here. Yeah. Um, you know, they, he, he didn't really need him this week, but I don't know if I'd be able to feel confident with, you know, Jalen Samuels and Terry McLaurin as major factors in my starting lineup. Even James White, for that matter. James White had a great game, but we said it's the Patriots. Like, it could be the Rex Burkhead game next week all of a sudden. Very easily. Yeah, and, and I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later, but he, uh, just looking through it today, uh, it seemed like James Conner had a, had a semblance of a shot to go this week. Uh, Juju probably a lot less so, but uh, I don't know. Time will, time will tell whether or not Gary gets the benefit of the doubt on those. Yes, yes, correct. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the Zach versus Colin matchup. So this was uh, a matchup that I think we all kind of wrote off as a group that, like, Colin, best team in the league, Zach playing like one of the worst uh, I don't think anybody gave Zach a chance in this one, except maybe Zach. And honestly, I tend to doubt that. But uh, yeah. yeah, and then Zach pulled off uh, what I think is one of the league's uh, biggest upsets, probably in the league's history. Yeah, but, and the thing is, though, was like Collins' team, like it was a huge upset. But Zach won this game when he showed up. Like <laughs> Collins' team was just so bad this week that it wasn't even like a, like a dramatic game. Yeah. And so uh, I went back and checked. So Sc- so Colin has now scored both 209 points and 78 points with almost the exact same lineup. The only thing different between those two lineups was the defense. That's it. Telling you, telling you what, it's because Chris Godwin didn't throw up 85 points today. And Lockett caught zero. Zero receptions out of Tyler Lockett. Really, you have the question is, can you trust Chris Godwin at this point? I Can you trust anyone on Colin's team, really? That's, that, that's uh, the pervasive Pat, question. Pat Mahomes seems to seems still be playing pretty well. Yeah, this Mahomes guy, this Mahomes guy, he seems, uh, he seems all right. He seems just all right. Uh, I, I, just to get back to Lockett, so I, I looked at his, like, stats. He only had three targets. So it's not like the, uh, the Vikings did a particularly great job. Like, you know, like he was getting targeted a lot and like, you know, they just did a good job keeping the ball away from him. Like they just Kirk cousins or not, Russell Wilson just was not throwing the ball to Tyler Lockett. It down the stretch. It seemed like every pass went to David Moore. 
or was it intended yeah. for David Moore? Like that's the scene how it went. Also, fuck the Seahawks. The receivers' numbers are like 14, 16, 19, and 18. And it's impossible to tell them apart with, like in the middle of like when they catch the ball, like it, when they're running fast. And that is entirely – I'm sure Pete Carroll does that intentionally. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> that it's tougher to tell. It's really tough to tell on the TV. Like when somebody catches it and flips through the air and like spins, who has it until they stop? All the fucking same numbers. You know, life is hard sometimes. Where's yeah. Doug Baldwin out there wearing 89? Get him back out there wearing 89. I'm sure you miss uh, Will Disley. Yeah. And his, first of all, being a big white guy. Yeah. I'm sure you miss that, but. Yeah. The only um, guy you can, tell, you can tell who it is is Metcalf because he's just way bigger than all the other, all the other receivers on the Seahawks. He, he's a big guy. Um, But, yeah, so, and then the only other thing I have to say about this one is that Zach this was a pretty solid last gasp. He at least threw up like 125 points, which is relative to how his team's been doing really good. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got to give him a little bit of confidence that maybe he can avoid the toilet bowl in this one. That, in fact, that he plays Mike, who, as we've seen before, his team is just flailing. Like it's, it's pretty bad. It's, uh, being dead man walking gives them too much life. Like, it's it's actually kind of interesting because, and again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you got to feel good if you're Zach getting in just behind Paul so that you play Mike. Like, I would rather play Mike than Ben any day of the week right now. Well, Ben's team, Paul texted me, Ben's team's got a pulse right now. So, okay, and Mike, so. Mike somehow found a way to finish 10th overall. Like, like what the hell? Like, that came out of nowhere. In points four? Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I I was looking at it today just to see like how far behind Ben was by behind Mike and was genuinely shocked to find that Ben was not only very close to Mike, but pretty far ahead of Mike actually at this point. Yeah. It's Mike's team was just laughable performances the last two weeks. Um, okay. Yeah. So now moving on, uh, we're going to get to speaking of Ben. Let's, let's go through Alex and Ben's matchup. Uh, this one can be summarized very easily. The giant killing just continued. Ben sees a team with a winning record. What is Ben won? Shoots. What is Ben won three in a row or four ben out has, of five? Or, four ben out has five? won three in a row. Yes. Okay. I believe. Um, let's yeah, let's double check that. Said so I don't get a text from Brian. Like, nah, he only he won two out of three. Um, a three out of four or something. Yeah. Exactly. So let's do the schedule. Uh, this is John uses the phone. Uh, after he's been drinking, just a touch. John, um, you have one beer. Yeah, uh, that's why I said just a touch. Jesus Christ, Charlie. The giant killer. Yeah, Ben's won three in a row. Okay. I also haven't had one beer yet, Charlie, because that is happening in the future. Um, You're right. So, uh, so yeah. So, Alex, Alex actually had a pretty decent week here. Alex finished uh, fourth in the league in scoring this week. Uh, with a pretty solid better, better than his usual seventh. Yes, exactly. He's he finished with 126 points, which is pretty damn good. Fuck um, this! Fuck this kid! Like I, this, I, I, I mean, yeah. Nine and forty fucking didn't score any points ever. It's bullshit, and I truly I pray that I beat Brian and get the chance to uh, put him in his place. I guess. Um. So my only other thought is that – so no measurable statistic says that Ben should be a playoff team. Like, 
he's not top six in points for his record isn't good enough. He's not, you know, beaten enough team. Like he's not beaten enough uh, playoff teams. Maybe uh, he's, but- he's not one, as they say, you know, played well enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. But l- listen, you know, we talk a lot about college football here. Ben hood passes the eye test. Okay. He does. You look at Ben's team right now and you think like, yeah, that's a team that could beat anybody. I mean, I, I think I think Paul was right to say Ben's a team you don't want to see across from you right now. They're playing they're playing well. No, no, you do not. Um. Okay. So now moving on to uh, one of the two games that had op- obviously the biggest sort of playoff implications because it came right down to the wire. So we'll do uh, Chuck, you're in Brian's game first. Uh, Chuck, you are floundering right now, my friend. So I put a lot of thought into this. Um, sure. So, for the record, I want to throw this out that I have made the playoffs now for my the fifth straight year. I am now the only person that has made the playoffs every year. I'm a four. I am the reigning champion. This really just more or less cements my standing as the number one fantasy player in this league. The you know the one one the alpha dog, however you want to say it. That being said, um, I'd managed to make the playoffs despite losing six of my last seven. Yep. And losing to Brian by, by 20 points. Um, that being said, so I'll just get into this now. So I said, so we're talking about the, the fantasy games. There was three aspects of the NFL week that really played well into this week and really actually could have really changed some things had they not gone this way. So first off, Thanksgiving being this weekend, having three Thursday games, a lot of guys were playing on Thursday. Yeah, and particularly that that you know that can be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, good they were all indoor games, so safe from weather. If you know, potentially not, but like for example, Julio Jones, uh, if they played Sunday, probably would have played, but because they were playing Thursday, you know, sat out. So that was that that you know was another thing off of that. So something like that happened. So Thursday games were interesting. And then the Chargers and Broncos game. Did you catch the Chargers-Broncos game, John, the end of it? No, I didn't. Okay, didn't so this, is what, this is what happened. So the reason that it was important is because Paul had Philip Winsley, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler. And I had um, Melvin Gordon. So what basically happens is, is the game's in Denver. Badgley hits a field goal with 21 seconds left to tie the game. Game should go into overtime, okay? Um, what ended up happening was that the Broncos came out, instead of taking a knee, had Drew Locke just yeet this ball down the field, pass interference called, let McManus come up to hit a game-winning field goal as time expired. Game does not go into overtime. If it goes into overtime, you could almost guarantee Paul picks up the one and a half points he would eventually he would have eventually needed, and even more so, you know it, this was less likely. But with a whole overtime, you don't know something could happen with Melvin Gordon. Um, he could rip off a big run. Something could happen. We're also I, I beat Brian or something. Something of that you know, nature. You don't really know what could happen. That's less likely, but that's so that game. Yeah, that's that's a that's a stretch right there. So yeah, that is. But, but you you know a couple possessions he catches four or five balls on each possession. Like you say, like it's not crazy that it could happen. Four or five balls. 
Yeah. On each on a possession, punches in a touchdown, punches in a touchdown. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not unreasonable. Um, Look, I agree with you. That game probably, or that loss of an overtime probably cost Paul the playoffs. It did not cost you a win, my friend. Well, no, I'm just saying things that could have happened. Now, um, so, so that game, so that that game really impacted Paul and and, and me and everything. Um, that being said. I think the game that we're all, you know, remember is this Vikings-Seahawks game. We're bragging up the W, but not the points to have jumped either me or Paul had Paul held on um, for the win. Would have been half a point short. For, or yeah. is half a point short of is Paul point in the short. points for um, right now. I'll be saved with that late fourth quarter reception by Kyle Rudolph, then Reed-Nosed Reindeer. Um Yes. Shout out, Alex. Uh, but yeah, that game was was crazy in a number of ways. I just want to say, you know, we're talking about the matchups. Loss of this whole thing is that Brian should have gotten fucked by telling Mike and Garrison uh, that they could tie. Uh, I I don't disagree with you that that is an all time stupid what, 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 move. What, like it, it played it played out. Exactly how it would have, where Brian would have fallen, you know, 15 points short or whatever, and would have missed the playoffs. I would have gotten in, regardless of what happens in the you and Paul game with Rudolph there at the end. But th- let's not forget, all-time dumb move by Brian. It should have come back to, to bite him in this in this circumstance. Chuck, and, and while I agree with you that that was a stupid move, I will not allow you to deflect this to make it look like you didn't just get blown up by 20 points by Brian, who very much put his money where his mouth was. He finished in second in scoring this week. He put up 129 points. Uh, as I said before, and as you pointed out just now, six of your last seven you've lost. You could not be coming into the playoffs with any less momentum. Well, all right. Counterpoint, I have easy, easy spin zone for this. We talk a lot about higher forces on oh. this podcast, John. We we mentioned higher forces almost every podcast. Derogatorily. We're all, we're all aware of the hog holder hex and what it meant to this league, how it had been, you know, all powerful, ever present from the inception of the league. I had to go against me. The fantasy gods did everything in their power to try to keep my team out of the playoffs, John. I heard the fantasy gods my bitch. Like they are they are mere pawns under my thumb now. I am back on top as a commish. I've made the fantasy gods my bitches. That being said, now that I have beaten Hogholder Hex, you're on the tracks of the because the and the train's coming through. Look out, playoffs. My team is poised now. Now they have the literal monkey off their back. The literal, they're no longer pulling that wagon. Uh, We're poised to make a run now. All right, due to what I can only call a myriad of technical difficulties. They're they're all John's fault, by the way. Not even relatively. Charlie and I. they're, They're not my fault. I know they're not. I Once again, I am not calling them your fault. I'm just saying they're not mine. Uh, I have about 18 different recording tracks that I now have to stitch together, but fuck it, whatever. We're, we're on past Chuck and Brian. We're up to, to me and Paul, the last matchup. Um, so Paul nearly made the playoffs by half a point over Brian. Instead, missed it by one and a half points. That has to just be one of the most heartbreaking swings that I can imagine. That's just, 
you could, you could, rough. You could never count out those tight ends. And it wasn't quite garbage time, but in any sort of late game situation like that, who? what do you do? What do defenses do? You cover deep, give the stuff underneath. Who runs underneath routes? Tight ends. Most tight ends run, run the underneath routes. So tight ends, like Rudolph, can just rack up those those uh, those quick points. Now, he caught a touchdown, so we really did it. Um, yeah. But he had the touchdown, then he had like a 30-yard or a 20-yard pass reception. And that's about did it. And that did it. Uh, uh, not lost in this. Uh, Edelman had a big second half uh, on the Sunday night game that really managed to swing things into my favor. Uh, he had a really shitty first half, came back, wound up with 22 points. Uh, I think, in my opinion, besides what you said about the uh, the overtime in the uh, Broncos-Chargers game, I think the whole game really came down to Josh Lambeau, the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, who had one kick and made one 50-yard field goal, giving me five points that wound up really swinging this thing. It could have been negative one. In a in the middle of a 28-11 to 11 loss, mind you. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just... He was not involved at all. That out, whole offense was out bad. of curiosity. When did he kick that field goal? Do you know? Have any idea? No, I didn't. I think that was while we were cutting down our Christmas tree, so I was not right. watching. I, I just came back. Just, and made the I'm gonna find out when he kicked this field goal because if he kicked it late, that's just an all-time like bo- like stupid move by Doug Brown. But no, I think it was earlier. But uh, who knows? No, it was in the third quarter. They were down twenty-five nothing. He kicked it to make it twenty-five to three. I mean, I'm pumped. I'm in. I'm done. I'm down for it. I mean, that's the move where it's like, yeah, like, like, what are you doing, Doug Brown? He's winning me a fucking game, Charlie. That's what I, he's doing. I won't deny that, but yeah, so that's that's just great. Like, you know, you'll have to see coaches do stuff like that where it either ruins your bet or screws you up in fantasy. Absolutely. Um, and then to, to give Paul some credit here, Paul nearly did win – his last three to play his way into this. And he played all playoff teams to get there. I believe it was me, Gary, Brian that he, he beat Gary and Brian nearly beat me uh, to get in Uh big play. Bob 30 points, huge. Uh, I genuinely cannot believe that he threw up 30 to put Paul in a position to do this. Yeah. Hunter, um, Hunter Henry um, was probably, you know, main region had, Two receptions for ten yards. Those were both again on that final drive and to kick the field goal in the fourth quarter. He was throwing up a goose egg for a hot second there. Uh, but yeah, hey, so was Kyle Rudolph. That's just true. Oh, he at least had a catch in the first half, right? It's true. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, but yeah, like I said, the overtime it probably got Paul between Eckler, Henry, and Lindsey. Whoever gets the ball first, Paul's going to pick up a, a point and a half. That's true. Unless the Chargers um, charge get the ball first and Melvin Gordon runs for a 75-yard touchdown, which is unlikely, that's the only scenario in which Paul's not pick up a point and a half. Yeah, and that's uh, – I mean, look, again, it, it's neither here nor there just because – you know, that's not the way that it wound up. But, yeah, I, I you do have to give Paul a lot of credit here for putting up a pretty valiant effort. And, uh, yeah, I, I, really, again, missing it by the skin of his teeth. I can't believe Doug Barone kicked that field goal. I can. At, least it, was, it. at least it was that far. I, I, 
I'm like, I'm glad at least like they didn't kick like a yeah, thirty they yard, kick a twenty yard field. They kick like a thirty yard field goal, yeah, like with down down twenty five nothing. Like you yeah. know, at least it was a far one. It was a fifty yard field goal. Who knows if it was like you know third or fourth and like twenty or something like that? Because Nick Foles got sacked for the millionth time. Well, guard G Minshew was in by then, so right. And who know who also got sacked a few it's times. True, that's um, true. Okay, and yeah, so with that, uh, Paul loses, winds up uh, missing the playoffs, breaking his streak of missing the playoffs, as Chuck alluded to earlier, and Brian is in. I root for two things every year. One is to make the, for me to make the playoffs. Two is for Brian to not win the league. Almost got both of those wrapped up uh, before the playoffs even started, um, but I guess I'll leave it up to you, John, to, to finish off that second thing for me. My fingers are crossed. No one can see me right now, but my fingers are crossed. Uh, okay. Well, that'll do it for its electric. Uh, and now we are going to move on to our uh, new segment that we're going to be calling uh, Netflix and Chale. So we'll take you to that right now. Okay, so now we are going to dive into our new segment that we are calling Netflix and Chale, which wasn't my first pick, but that's uh, what we're going with. It's, it's, the, it's a vastly superior name to Chales and Tails and or Tails and Chales that John, that John had come up with. So I think we're doing you all a favor by calling it Netflix and Chale. We're going with the not bad one. It yeah. makes no sense. Whatever. Fuck you, Colin. Um, Real quick. Um, well, we need to introduce, first of all, welcome to the pod, Gary. Gary is going to be joining us for this one. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. He has a chill himself. Um, all right, Chuck, what did you I'm have to say? So, so hard I, right now. I just wanted uh, to go through real quick and just rattle off what types of chill we're all drinking. I hope it's all the same. What? There's there's different kinds of Christmas ale. But there's... Uh, there's I understand, but I happen to have a Sam Adams winter lager here because I thought that we had both Great Lakes and Thirsty Dog. Turns out we had neither at my house, so that's what I'm going with. You are a poser. I, you are. I put it, I, I'm putting it out there. Hands up. Bad job out of me. I'm putting it out there in front of it. I'm going to control the narrative on this You one. should have driven your car down to Ohio City and gone straight to the Chale Titty and picked some up before <laughs> this podcast. I admit it was a tactical error on my part. Am I enjoying this a little bit less? Yeah, but I'm still having a good time. That's, you know what, Chuck? I just want you to know that on my way home from work, I legitimately stopped at Kroger and made a, a whole trip just to pick up uh, a case of chales for Gary and I. I I did that just hoping that was that was my shot to the moon, being like maybe one of them fucked up too and has a like a different type of thing, but. No such luck. Hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. This one is a loss for you, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, but, um, but hey, I'm hands up. I'm not not hiding behind a facade of of what I'm doing here. I'm just 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 saying. Bad job out of me. But we're gonna move on. I think it's still gonna be a great segment. It's funny because of all the times you really could have hidden behind a facade here, we cannot see you. I'm a man of my word, John. I think you should 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 learn that. Well, you know, let's not let Charlie's failure overshadow how bad John's original name for the segment was. That's Amen, Gary. Amen. All right. Fuck you both. And fuck Colin, too. Um, so 
So before we get into this, let's explain what this segment is. So this is going to be, uh, we're all, we've all gathered around the fire here, um, and we are going to be uh, sharing a chale, a Christmas ale, or a fucking winter lager, I guess, in some people's cases. Hey, here. credit to me for still being able to dig out the back of my fridge a at least seasonal correct beer, okay? Thank me for my service later, everyone. That, I'm... Yeah, this is a bad spin, but all right. So we're, we've all gathered around here, and we're going to sh- share some stories, some tales, if you will. And uh, so uh, both Chuck and Gary have some interesting stories from this past weekend, and we're all going to sort of listen to their their stories uh, over a nice chale here uh, with all of our listeners. So first off, uh, we're actually we're going to let Gary go because uh, I think I, – I don't know what Chuck's is, but I, it's I feel very like involved. his is going to be both longer and more exciting than mine, so we'll get mine out of the way first. We're going to do Gary's first. So, Gary, please share with us. I'll say, just real quick before you get started, when John sent me, like, the schedule for the pod this week, I saw this segment and then what Gary's topic was. I've been anticipating this all day, so I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. I can verify that Chuck on the Google Doc can only see like a brief title of what I'm about to talk about, and it must be very confusing. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> All right, Gary, walk us All through right. it. I'm going to start off with taking a real long sip of chale to celebrate the theme of the segment. And so shall we all. <sighs> All right, so... John, Colin, and I all went up to Cleveland this weekend, stayed at Colin's house for the big game. On Sunday, headed back to Columbus, we hit big traffic. Huge. A lot of it. On 71. So we decided to pop off and go get our Christmas tree for our house. So we skirted off 71 at about two and a half miles an hour in traffic (laughs) and went to Arby's real quick, then picked up down the road to go get our Christmas tree. Um, it was a pretty brisk day, nice wind rolling through the farm, beautiful trees all around. Overall, a good time, just three boys out there hauling lumber. At Country Cabin Tree Farms, which was pretty dope. Yeah, it just, was just, really nice. Two quick things. So you're saying um, that you found a tree farm or just an area with trees that were, would you describe them as full, full-bodied trees? So if you've ever seen a picture of Zach's Christmas tree, imagine like, 20 times as much fullness. Okay. Way more needles. Imagine when it doesn't suck. That's why I had to clarify so we all knew we're operating with the same school of thought here. Right. Paint an image. So yeah. the ranch has right now a beautiful Christmas tree, mm-hmm. very full, and it has a cowboy hat on top, as is tradition. Of course. But anyways, so we, we had a really, really beautiful time, me and the boys out there hauling lumber around the farm. Got our Christmas tree picked out, cut her down. Went and got her bagged up, and I paid. And I was like, you know, we've been on the road for probably two hours at that point. We go hit the bathroom before, you know, we skedaddle on down the road again. So Colin and I went. There was a kind of a porta potty back in the back corner of the tree farm by the parking. Colin used it and then peaced out, and I hopped into this bad boy. And let me tell you, it was full. There was a straight-up Mount Kilimanjaro built in the bottom of this bad boy. <laughs> Now, just real quick, were you making, were you dropping a load off or, or just, I was just, I was hauling liquids. 
Okay, so so you get to stare at this thing like for the majority of your of well, your stay in the park. I, I did what ultimately ended up being a very safe move and <laughs> reaching up and kicking the toilet seat down. Okay. So, anyways, unzip the pants, drop them down, standing there just having a nice piss. It's a beautiful chilly day. All of a sudden, next thing I'm no. Big boom. All right. I am like sideways in this porta potty. Now define see- define sideways. You went you went horizontal or porta potty went horizontal? So I w- I porta potty was vertical. I was like braced arms and legs against the walls of this bad boy to keep from falling in face first into Mount Kilimanjaro. Are you midstream? Uh, you're midstream at this point, right? Midstream. Okay. Porta potty. I look under the door. I can see the ground moving underneath me. All right. All right. So everything comes to a rest. I can hear the solids and the liquids sloshing around me. Luckily, nothing got on me, my clothes, my shoes, anything like that. That's, Good thing I kicked that lid closed because it could have gotten real ugly <laughs> real fast. Uh, yeah. So I was just dazed and confused at this point. Pull my pants up, try and gather myself together. Adrenaline just coursing through my body. And then there's a knock at the door. And it's the sound of a middle-aged man saying, Is everybody okay in there? <laughs> so I swing the door open at this dude. He had backed his Honda Odyssey at full speed, probably 15 miles an hour, into the porta potty. The thing flew like eight feet across the ground and came to a stop when it hit a tree. And I was inside of it for the entire ride. I mean, just well, I finished. What would happen then? When would that happen? Like what? I gave this dude. The biggest stare down of all time as he shamefully got into his dumbass maroon Honda Odyssey <laughs> and drove away. That's oh, that's fantastic. It when really you think when you think about how that ended up playing out, it could have been just an infinite number of ways. Well, uh, best worse. possible scenario. Best uh, possible. First of all, I did get the best possible scenario. Yeah. Like, I was not covered in shit and piss for an hour car ride home. Other people's shit and piss too, which we should mention, which somehow yeah. makes it worse. Second of all, I've considered the fact that I might get absolutely clapped inside of a porta potty at some point, but I always assumed it would be a at work and B by a large piece of construction equipment. So you're and, dead at that point. Yeah, I'm dead and covered in shit. But never by a middle-aged man just ramming into me with a Honda Odyssey. The fact So honestly, you know, that much mass being in the porter potty could have probably played in your favor because bottom heavy. Low center. Yeah, I mean, right. Low yeah, I mean, wins. If that thing topples in the wrong direction, you're A covered in in just, just substance, right? But be potentially trapped inside of the porta potty, depending on right. how it, uh, how it goes down. Like, right. so uh, yeah, I don't even want to imagine what that would be like. You, I mean, I would have. That's the grounds where I maybe consider just b- saying somebody, somebody just burn this thing to the ground with me inside of it. I just right. die right here. Right. No, I'm saying I'm getting out and I'm asking everyone there if they have a gun. Or yeah. just really any means to kill me. I don't want to die in the shit. I, I want to get out and then die. Yeah, you were in central Ohio, so there's a good chance somebody could have just offed you right there if you'd ask them to. Right. I mean, I was ready. If you'd requested it. Yeah. I'm sure people had their – or just somebody just chainsaws you. Like, I don't know. That'd be kind of That'd be pretty sweet at the tree farm. That'd be a good way to go out. I, yeah. There were definitely axes there. 
Right. Yeah. And I think the best part about this was so Garrison gets out of the porta potty, very upset about this, obviously. Of course. Comes over and finds me and Colin and tells us this exact story. At which point, the woman who was running the show there, you would expect maybe like walk up and be like, "Are you okay? Like, right. I'm really sorry about that." Dies laughing. Dying of laughter. <laughs> she was like, "I heard the crash. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> All right. Now, here, here's the thing. Um. The fact that you were okay, I think, makes her response to it right. Okay, okay. Well, her response is amazing. I was happy about it. I yeah, was hysterical. But like, yeah, but if you, but if you had been like even slightly like dirtied or harmed, then she's not allowed to ha- to react like that. But from her perspective, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, for something like that to happen for everybody involved in that experience. You better hope it is. I yeah. I, I just can't believe that it. I mean, it could have gone just so much worse. I know. I'm really lucky that there was that low center of gravity created by the black hole of poop that was the bottom of that porta potty. You were in the Maurice Jones Drew of porta potties, and boy, did it show. It was. God. So yeah, that's my Netflix and chale. All right. Well, I'll propose a toast uh, to gravity. To gravity. <laughs> to gravity. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Gary. That was electric. It was (laughs) electric. Yes, absolutely. Big word right now. Um, Okay. Well, with that, then uh, we will turn to Charlie. But before Chuck gets going here, I do want to give a preamble that Charlie on, uh, I believe it was Friday night, right, Chuck? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So on Friday night, Charlie texted me. Hang on. Let me pull it up. Um, clear some space on the podcast. I just had some incredible experiences at the casino and in downtown Cleveland. Yep. No other information, just that at one thirty in the morning. And I've been excited ever since. Yeah. So please. All right. So let me set this up a little bit. So obviously Thanksgiving was this weekend. I don't know what kind of every family, you know, has their own sort of tradition, things they do, this, that, the other thing, whatever. So in my family, the tradition is on the Friday after Thanksgiving, that evening, we go to my one uncle's house for like just a secondary, almost like hang out. Like we usually get just get pizzas and stuff like that. You know, it's sort of one last uh, sort of family together time before everybody goes back to school or work, you know, whatever. My one uncle lives out of town until he goes back home, everything like that. Okay. So we're there. And, uh, me and Vape God's dad, you know, we we talk quite a quite a bit of these things. Shout out Vape God. I'm sorry, Vape God. Mainly because me and Vape God's dads will I, I don't want to say regularly, but it's not unregularly, depart from family events and convince one of my cousins, siblings, or whoever to drive us downtown to the Jack Casino in Cleveland. Okay. And this goes kind of the same way every time. Sort of dinner time, we're like, hey, like, cause, you know, we, we, we said a few beers at this point. Like, yeah, you know, at the end of the night, we just say we're going to go. And then my mom gets mad at me and his wife gets mad at him. And we're basically like, yeah, whatever. That's a problem for future us to deal with that during or tomorrow. So that's this that all had play out again. This time, uh, his daughter drove us, drops us off at the casino. So we walk in and we do normal, whatever. We, we, we play very different casino games. 
he likes to play uh, games called like, like he likes to play like three card poker and like let it ride. These very very interesting games. I don't understand the rules too, and I like to play craps, which he does not play at all. So we typically just go separate ways, but this time we're like, hey, you know, it's, it's family weekend. Why don't we sit down at the same table for a while and at least pretend like we're doing this together or not just <laughs> or not just or not just degenerates basically at the casino by ourselves on a Friday night after Thanksgiving. <laughs> we say, Great. So we sit down at the blackjack table. We're playing blackjack for, you know, uh, however long, maybe it was an hour, a little over an hour, whatever. Uh, I'm basically even I me up a little bit. He was down big, but he stinks at gambling, so he was down way big. Uh, and we decide, okay, we've had enough of this. Let's go back and play our normal games. So I went upstairs to a craps table, and I start playing craps, which people are not necessarily familiar with the craps, but that's the game where you throw dice at a wall, and based on the number that comes up, depends on what you win, lose, that's the other thing. Okay. So that's in itself that exciting. But uh, at the craps table, I noticed that there was this guy next to me, looked to be in his 60s or so, uh, he was this white guy, old, older guy, and he had this like ledger with him at the table, like at the craft table. And the way a craft table is set up is there's like it's just a big oval, but on like there's like a little lip on the bottom where you can set drinks so that they're not sitting up by like the top of the table, so that when drunk people or whatever win or celebrate, they don't dump their drinks all over the table. So it's sitting on this lip. So on his lip, he has this ledger, and I see him. He's like keeping track of like numbers that are hit and you know, whatever happens or whatever. So me being curious, I start to talk to him and he claims that he has a method. He's been doing this for over 40 years, wow. keeping track of the methods of craft. So there's, there's a distinguishable pattern you can, uh, you can use. So admittedly, he seems to be doing a lot more like talking and like data gathering, but when he was betting, it did seem to be working. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ride with this guy. I was losing a lot. I'm gonna ride with this guy. So I was like, hey, like, can I, you know, play around with your what with your method? He's like, okay. So he starts explaining to me the equilibrium of the game Whoa. and how to bet based upon when the game was in equilibrium versus disequilibrium and, and all this. Mind you, the, the, the game is just throwing dice at a wall, and each event does in no way affect or impact a preceding or proceeding event. Each they're independent. There is there is no way to, to distinguish a pattern. But anyway, I'm riding with this guy. I know I've had ten beers at this point, so I'm so I'm just I'm just you know. And by the way, that's not that many for Chuck. On Saturday, he claimed he had had 75 Bud Lights. Yeah, that's true. That may have been a low estimate. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. But so so he's, he's doing this math thing explaining to me. And like, albeit like it was all just reactionary. And like I said, the math does not back him up at all because each event is independent. And so you can't like claim there's going to be a pattern because there is no correlation. But anyway, that's, that's beside the point. But he starts asking me like what – like what I was educated in. So I said, I'm a, uh, I was an engineer at all from Ohio state. And he got pumped about this because he claimed that that's good. because I'm good with numbers and data analysis. And I'm like, okay. So he said, he, so he offered me a spot as his partner, oh, depending, wow. depending on if I paid him 10 grand, 
five grand or twenty five hundred, that would change what level of info he would give me and like what percentage of like winnings I would be like entitled to. And thus that. Basically this man's like, let me try to get ten grand out of this guy to stake <laughs> to stake me in a craps game. So Long story short, so I'm, I'm fooling around with this guy for a little bit. I'm just, just more or less, I'm pulling the gears about that. I'm more like egging him on, like trying to pull more information out of him to see, like, you know, how crazy this can get. But eventually, I, you know, I lose. I had one of my worst days at casino. Uh, I lost a lot of money. That's not, the exact numbers, uh, you know, not relevant. But whatever. Is yeah, it's, it's, is it a lot of money outside of the 10 grand that you gave that guy? <laughs> So I guess I should clarify. I did not um, engage in this guy as a partnership. One second, I don't buy it. <laughs> but I just walked out to it when I was when I lost all my money. I just walked out and I was like, "See ya, dude." So I go outside, and normally when I'm gonna Uber home, I try to call the Uber and wait inside the building until it comes, and I walk outside and get right into it. But I didn't do that this time for some reason. Because I wasn't really paying attention, I was just so rattled by this dude who didn't even give me wouldn't even give me his name because he was so like convinced. Five hundred bucks in order to get yeah, exactly. That was probably the easiest level. The lowest level was what is this guy's name? So I walk outside. So I walk outside, and outside of the casino at one thirty in the morning is a prime spot for people that are panhandling or various other homeless people. To come up and try to acquire money because there's a good chance if somebody won big there, they'll throw you like 20 bucks because it means nothing at that point. To right. them, you know, something like that. So this individual comes up to me. He was, an, he was a black guy. I think that's relevant, but it comes into play later. And I was wearing a brown hat. And he got like pumped that I was wearing a brown hat. Which, if I was in any of the city besides Cleveland, I'd be like, you know, maybe that reaction is, you know, usual. But he was way too excited for, to see a Browns fan in Cleveland wearing a Browns hat. <laughs> so he conversed with me in a number of topics, including his employment at a Jewish deli by my house, Danny Green, the famous Cleveland mobster, where I went to high school, and how to properly dap up a black man and how to be cool. Those are some of the topics. So he like showed me all the. He showed me. He showed me several handshakes to do if I ever like. Wants to want to be cool amongst like black people. Like I was like, what is what is going on here? Like, and then he started talking about like about Baker Mayfield and stuff like that, and how he said he said Baker Mayfield and Brett Favre are equivalent from day one. So he's, I guess he's he's going to claim that he created that take first, and he's only with his girlfriend because she makes a bunch of money and tolerates him. So and he's a panhandler. Yeah. So I, honestly, see, this is how it goes. So, yeah, so at the end of our many topics of conversation, he, of course, comes to the part where he's going to ask me for money. Because the way that these people tend to work is they come up to you and yeah. they, these people. Pan, panhandlers in Cleveland. Okay, all right. Because this used to happen by Ignatius a lot. Is they come up to you, and a lot of times they'll rap for you or something, or they'll these usually by Ohio State too. They'll rap for you, or they'll do something, and then they're like, all right, I've entertained you without you asking me for now, time time to pay up. And then they get pissed when you say no or you don't have any money. Um, 
One time, just side note, one time a guy came up and did a legit like magic trick for me with cards. I did give him some money because that was pretty cool. <laughs> so if I could drop a quick sidebar, Chuck, I had a, I had one of these experiences once at OSU. Uh, my freshman roommate was absolutely hammered and passed out and hit his head on a street lamp and was non-responsive. And this guy did a rap about my roommate dying and then asked me for money. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. They're like, rapping's very popular because then they're like, you know, they're all, their names are always really funny too, like their rap names. But anyway, so he asked me for money and I'm like, dude, I, I lost it. I don't have any. You know, he's like, all right, like, no problem. This is what we're going to do. He goes, it's 1.33 right now. That's what he time me. He goes, okay. He goes, go back in there 10 more minutes. Hit up roulette. And he gave me roulette numbers to play. He goes, you go in there. They're all going to hit. You come back out. And you give me, And you can give me something. So basically, he's like, okay, you're out of money. Go back in there. Withdraw some money. Then, <laughs> then, uh, then like he's fucking Jesus. He gave me the numbers to play. <laughs> and boom, you'll win, and you can come out and give me money. So I'm like, no, that's not how the exchange is going to work. Luckily, at that point, the Uber had rolled up. So I, you know, I got him up because he showed me how, and we, and we went we went on our ways. Um, <laughs> so I get in, the, and they get in the Uber, and it's a pretty typical Uber. I was not happy at this point. Like I had lost money. It's almost it's 1.30 in the morning. I had just been bothered by this guy on the street for – 15 minutes. And apparently the, I looked as if I was in the mood for conversation because the Uber <laughs> driver then, per, then proceeds to just spill her whole life story to me regarding her drug addicted father and all the shit that happened to her when she was a kid. Did I ask for that? Not even remotely. Did I seem interested? I did my best to not seem interested. But I will say, it is great because in the middle of this stuff, like, songs would come on the radio, and she would talk to me about, like, the various rappers that sang them. And it's honestly remarkable how much information about rap culture I'm able to sort of spit out because of you guys and navigate my way through a conversation like this. So I do really credit to you guys, but I honestly, like, if somebody knew me, I sound like the whitest person ever trying to talk about like ASAP Rocky and like like all these rappers. I don't know any music, but like like a Lil Wayne song came on. I didn't know the name of the song. I didn't know the name. Of, I didn't know the name of the song, but I could tell it was Lil Wayne. I I heard it many times before. Um, you no, know, at home, like in the in the lodge. And then she started talking to me about like Lil Wayne, and I knew that he like drank lean and had all those seizure problems. So I. <laughs> I got right into that. And so that was like, boom, like I'm making conversation about rappers that I got no idea about. So uh, credit to you guys for helping me learn those things. And then basically uh, it ended with her asking me how to buy Cavs tickets and then how long the season the season was going to be going for. Because she wants to see if she's going to have time to take her son to a game. I said, it'll be good. It's going until like April. You'll have plenty of time. Um, but that was really, yeah, I just had, just met a lot of strange people, had a lot of adventures and, uh, and lost some money in, in downtown Cleveland. But, uh, okay. any, any thoughts? I'm going to be extremely honest with you right now. You probably made the greatest mistake of your entire life by not playing those numbers on roulette. You could have won millions, Charlie. I, you, honestly, you like actually dapped up the son of God. If I, if I, if I had like, if I had not deposited my stuff back in. And like you know, left, and I had cash on me. 
like I would have gone back in and played. But it was like I was not gonna, I was going to go back to the ATM and pay another fee, which does get waived later, thanks to U.S. Bank. Um, but I was not going to go in there. Thank you, U.S. Bank, and known sponsor of the pod. Yeah, <laughs> U.S. Yeah. Bank, put your money with us. Yeah. Uh, if I if I did not have to go back to the ATM and withdraw money, I would have gone in and played at least one or two of the numbers. He gave me he gave me four numbers. Um, you can swing that. Yeah. So so we'll see. Um, Do you remember the numbers? Uh, one of them was ten, and one was six for Baker Mayfield. Those were probably only good for that night, though. That's a good. Yeah, that's true. Only yeah. good for that hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah for, for those ten minutes. Because that's, right. that's what he told me to go back in for. So what? One of them was ten for Troy Smith because somehow Ohio State came up, right. and then one of them was six for Baker Mayfield, and the last two were like years and oh, one was um. I'll write these down. It was the it was the last digit of his address or the last digit of his address. I forget what it was, but then, like just, just some other number of significance in Cleveland. Was he inviting uh, you to come home with him? It was a whole. It was. I mean, he was. I, I would say he reacted much more positively than um, uh, most people do when I told him I didn't have any money. He left me saying, "Ask me if I had any cigarettes that he could borrow," um, which I didn't. And then he uh, told me that after he left here, he was going to go try and find some marijuana. And he said it like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said marijuana. I'm like, this guy, just, this, this, guy's guy. an, this guy's an electric factory right now. Oh, so all I can picture, by the way, with Charlie talking about rappers is like some like ASAP Ferg song coming on. And Charlie thinking he's being real sweet talking about rappers, and then he just takes a hard left turn and just is like, you know, Pitbull has this one song. <laughs> no, and then uh, Mr. Worldwide, which he's like, who is that rapper that that was like in jail? And I was like, Meek Mill. I remember that. <laughs> uh, she's like, no, 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 the other one. I was like, ah, I, was like, I can't, I can't think it off the top of my head. But but by, by tossing almost certainly, I almost by, by tossing out Meek Mill. I was like, boom, like. Who, <laughs> Who, who who who's what rappers in jail notably? Right now? Yeah, like that. Bobby Schmurda would be a big one. Yeah, is, is there, it wasn't him. It was a, it was like another one. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of rappers are kind of in jail. Yeah, but, that's not, I'm not sure, Chuck. I okay, what we got? It was it wasn't Meek Mill. Um, wait, so he's in jail right now? Yes, currently in jail. That's interesting. If you can guess this one in the group chat tomorrow, I'll get I'll Venmo you a dollar. No, you win a chail. That's what you win. You, you win, win a chail. chail. You win a chail and a yeah. dollar and a dollar. But yeah, so that's that was my night. Uh, and then I got home at you know whatever time and just you know saunter up to bed, and that that was it. That's well, that didn't disappoint. Yeah, no, that was good. You did have experiences with people. At the casino and in downtown Cleveland, which was your exact description. The, the, the guy at the craps table was just I, – I don't think I did a great job, like, portraying how just, like, strange and, like, showing what he was doing this guy was. Because he's like, we got to wait for this. The gang's on disequilibrium. He's like, like, lose your money. He was, like, yelling at the table, like, everybody go ahead and lose your money. Like, you're all betting the wrong way. And we're like, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Like – so it was it was remarkable, and I 
hit a couple points when he said I wasn't supposed to. Um, so that, was, that always feels good when you do something that was right. against his method. So Charlie, um, just to review here, Charlie met both Rain Man and Jesus in one night. That's true, he did. Both of them offered him betting it, like, in, you know, Intel, a, a little bit of, of a hint. And you turned both of them down, Charlie. You Correct. Correct. That Correct. Night. That Rain is- Man, Jesus, and Chuck Queso is the Holy Trinity. <laughs> yeah. It certainly might be. Rain Man, Jesus, and the Miss Frizzle was the was the Uber driver home. Okay. Miss Frizzle. Yeah. I mean, that's basically who I met. That's oh, that's fantastic. Well, you know what? To Jesus. To Jesus. <laughs> to, to Jesus. <laughs> Hey, and real quick before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our listeners in Singapore. We do this all for you, all three of you. We're coming to you live next year. Pod from Singapore. We're going to be there. We're going to have chails. And buy Gary's razors. Buy Gary's razors, please, all. Um, And thank you, as always, Gary, for joining us today. Um, Chuck, you have anything else to to add to Gary, Uh I guess? No, just I really enjoyed uh, your story, Gary. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to, to help us out here. Chuck also volunteered the information today <laughs> that I'm his favorite of everybody in the group. He said he had zero grievances to well, air about the, me. The, the fewest. You've never, I'll say, so So you've ne- you've really never formally wronged me. <laughs> wow. That's really, that's really, no. Everybody else has you know done one thing or another to really wrong me in some way. <laughs> um, and they're going to get their revenge. Yeah, they're getting rid of their revenge. We should get a poll. I'm about to just yeet some letters on everybody's door this holiday season, so we should be ready for that. I can't wait. Okay. Well, Gary, once again, thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Thanks and, for having uh, me, boys. All right. And uh, now we are going to move on to our predictions for the playoff week. So uh, here we go to that right now. Okay. So thank you again, Gary. Appreciate that. Thanks, Chuck, uh, for sharing your, your your tale, your story. No problem. Gary's story was electric. I was, was going to say that. Electric this, electric that. Um so now we're going to move into our predictions uh, for the first uh, round of the playoffs and the first round of the consolation bracket as well. Honestly, probably more crucially, the first round of the consolation bracket. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, let's recap. So last week, Chuck and I, uh, as it was said, picked almost all the same games except one. And I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Correctly picked Ben over Alex, which gave me a 3-2 and two record last week. Uh, Chuck, you wound up with a 2-3 and three record, uh, which brings overall, I am at 36-29. and 29. Chuck, you are at 35-30. and 30. So heading into the playoffs, I nurse a one-game lead here, which is pretty huge, I think, with, as the number of games dwindles. With four, five, six, seven, eight games left to predict. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. So I, I believe you would agree, but so we're only going to pick games, games that, that actually mean something. Yeah, Correct. we're not picking the like third place matchup. Like no one, no one gives a shit. Or, really or, or the, the winner game of the consolation bracket. Yeah, no, we don't care. We're, we're doing the losers consolation bracket and all the playoff games where the teams are still active and alive in the championship hunt. Correct. Okay. So with that in mind, uh, Chuck, you have the reins here. Uh, so we got four games to pick today. Uh, why don't you walk us through them? 
All right, we're going to start with uh, my own game, uh, me versus Garrison. Okay. This would uh, be the 4-5 the matchup. This is the 4-5 matchup. Winner will take on um, Colin. Set up before we get started, too. We are poised, John, for a, a repeat champion year. Uh, yeah, because because the, the, well, not only that, no, Colin. Colin, but the entire one side of the bracket, you, Brian and Alex, are all former champions. That's a good point. Yeah, we're gonna so, have a very good shot at it. A guaranteed former champion in the championship game. So we're right there. Think about that. That's big. Yeah, That's I caught that big. today. Um, so me versus Garrison. Like I said before, this game is going to hinge a lot upon really two things. One is the health of Julio Jones, um, and then the health of James Conner and Juju for Garrison. We'll call that three things. Well, it, which, I mean, it's really they're – on, they're on the same team. It's really one thing. Oh, so they're one person, Chuck? They're, they're one person. Um, but like we said before, I mean, it's really going to be they, – they've had a great matchup against Arizona. For one, if they're healthy, but it's mainly an issue of do the Steelers like want to rush them back or like play them at not one hundred percent and risk further injury against Arizona, and even if they are active, how effective are they? How much will they even play? Will they be on you know the quote unquote pitch count? Um, which I mean, they are in a playoff race here. They're in it. They are, which the thing is, it's like Pittsburgh. Very, like I very much could see them being active, and Pittsburgh being like, um, they get they get up big or something could happen. They're like, all right, you guys are just not playing anymore because we don't need you. Uh, but you never know. Um, that being said, Gary's got. See, I'm looking at it in the other way here. I'm looking at it that they're in a playoff hunt. They're going to want their guys in there. You know, if the game's even at all close, it, I think they well, want Juju I'm saying that plan. worst case scenario for Garrison is they're both active. They uh, – she puts them in, they get up big without either of them breaking out. Like like James Washington, for example, last week, huge game. Like James Washington scores like two touchdowns and Pittsburgh gets up big. Like there's like, all right, we don't need these two to play anymore unless the game's at all in doubt. And then Garrison gets like seven points from each of them. Not a good, not a good thing for Gary. No, probably not. No. So, so there's, but that being said, though, he has a couple big time matchups that are really in his favor. James White versus Kansas City. Um, that's a huge game. The Patriots offense has been so bad, but when your offense is bad and your quarterback isn't playing well, checkdowns and things you're running back or how you keep your offense moving, which favors James White. Ertz plays the New York football giants who I just hate for many reasons. And the big one is Derrick Henry against Oakland. It's officially Derrick Henry season, John. We are well at Derrick Henry season. And he's going up against Oakland, which is, yeah, even easier than usual for him. If people remember Last year, week thir- week 14, was when Derrick Henry dropped a 45 bomb on the league on the waivers for Arley. But if he was in somebody's starting lineup, he very well with the, his week 14 and 15 performances. You win uh, that game. Probably won people fantasy championships um, last year. So we're Derrick Henry season. So that could, that could bode well for, uh, for Scary Gary. On my side... If Julio plays, I like him and Matt Ryan against Carolina. They just fired their coach. I think they've officially kind of given up on the season. I don't think you're going to get a 
like rallying cry around the coach, especially with the fact that the Saints have already clinched the NFC South and that the sixth seed is the Vikings at eight and three or eight. I think it's yeah, nine and three, I think it's the Vikings. So um, or eight, whatever it is. They're, they're right there. They're way ahead of the Panthers. I don't think the, the Panthers have nothing to play for right now. I think you're going to see them start to, to fall off. I mean, Barkley against Philly on paper is a good matchup, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if Pat Shermer decides to, you know, not make him run the ball at the middle the whole time um, or make it, maybe he does anything. On paper, great matchup, but we'll see. I got no faith in Saquon Barkley. To, to be Saquon Barkley the rest of the year, as long as Pat Shermer and Daniel Jones are at the helm. Any thoughts on that, John? I just dumped on your team. Uh, several. Um, a, uh, I think that the Falcons suck. Uh, this is a divisional matchup, so I don't think it's going to be a big question of, are the Panthers going to be able to get up for this one? Uh, but that's not even the point, because again, the Falcons suck. So I don't think that even against a... Uh, a hapless uh, Panthers team, I don't think they're going to suck a whole lot less. So I don't have a lot of faith in the Julio Jones-Matt Ryan combination, even with the fact that, yeah, they're a team that's playing for nothing right now, besides a little bit of uh, you know interdivisional pride. Uh, and then besides that, I don't think that Saquon Barkley, even in the first place versus Philadelphia, is a good matchup. Uh, Philly's secondary has been pretty garbage, but their run defense has been average to slightly above average. I don't even think that, you know, even if this was the Saquon of old, this would still be a little bit on the tougher side matchup wise for him. So I, I don't like that matchup either. And obviously Kamara versus San Francisco. I, I, I haven't gotten there yet, John, but that's fine. Well, I'll give you a segue into it. Go ahead. Uh, well, there's one thing is uh big problem with the giants is that Daniel okay. Jones is just quite frankly, just less fun Jameis Winston. <laughs> turns the ball over seven times a game, John. He turns the ball over frequently. I will not Wait, fight you on that one. It's the same thing. He'll throw crazy picks. He fumbles the ball all the time, but he won't even give you, like, he's such like a dumb Eli Manning thing. He won't give you, like, the fun parts of, like, eating W's or, like, yelling fucker right in the pussy in a cafeteria or anything like the fun Jameis Winston stuff. Like, he's just is less fun Jameis Winston. I think he's less fun Jameis Winston that he's all the turnovers and a lot fewer touchdowns. Though, let me look and, at and, what it's... And, and a tenth yeah. of the personality. Well, I mean, that we knew that that was what was going yeah. to happen going into it. I, yeah. I, I, no point did anyone look at him and go like, oh, wow, this guy's really going to light the league up with his no, uh, you know, no. touchdown dances. No, but... But when you hear him being like, he's just less fun, Jameis Winston, it's a good comparison. And now you're like, oh, man, I'd at least rather have Jameis who will sling and then do something crazy like every once in a while, like eating W's. My, the line that I'll draw in the sand that it has no bearing on fantasy, just my Giants fandom, is that Jameis Winston, we know what we are getting with Jameis Winston every week. And it is a shitload of turnovers and a shitload of touchdowns. And really, no one knows what's going to shake out from that. Daniel Jones, I could easily see turning into a legitimate NFL quarterback if he can oh, get so, sort but of the, You're saying you do know he's, he's just going to turn the ball over and not throw touchdowns, and he'll just lose, essentially, is what you're saying. That's well, that's – so, no. My point is he has a lot of the – you know, the he has the arm 
strength. He's got some of the accuracy. He's got some mobility with his legs. If he can get the um, the turnover bug under control, which is a problem for pretty much every rookie, uh, he could turn into a very solid NFL starting quarterback. My question for you, John, is that with how bad the Giants are, yeah, maybe not this week, but maybe week fifteen, week sixteen, we're gonna get maybe a Daniel Jones hurt his knee, hurt his shoulder. Eli Manning gets one or two more starts to finish out the Giants' career. Is that a possibility? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're playing for nothing here, uh, I think. Because the thing is, you, you can't bench Daniel Jones for Eli no. Manning. you got to no. make up like an injury thing, and I think it's a very real possibility. Well, that's the thing. Our offensive line isn't great. I, it wouldn't shock me if he did get banged up. And, uh, you know, they sort of forced him into some sort of like, oh, we're just we're putting him on, on ice until next season. Because uh, we have Eli Manning on the back burner if we want him. And, yeah, see if Eli can go out and get a win or two and, you know, maybe end his Giants career uh, on a positive note and end his NFL career potentially, uh, you know, with a winning record. Because right now he stands at 500. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even have to get like, actually hurt. I can just say, oh, he twisted his knee and he's just not going to play. See, I think you have to convince Daniel Jones that he got actually hurt. What does he care? He's too stupid to even know anything. Probably, but, you know, who knows? Um, Um, Okay, but moving on. Kamara is a tough matchup against uh, San Fran. No no way to spin that. The only – if you had to find a light side, it's that San Fran is now um, no longer the one seed. They have moved to the five seed. In the NFC with that tiebreaker loss to Seattle. That's which worse. Is fu- which is what – no, no, no. It's, it's the thing. Is that's fine because they're still in the playoffs, but they want that one seed. That one seed means everything. To have the Saints or Seahawks have to come to you as opposed to having to play in Seattle or in uh, New Orleans or wherever, it's not a good thing. And you could maybe start to see maybe they try to do a little too much. Maybe Jimmy G tries to do a little too much. Some some turnovers in his own red zone. Maybe some opportunities there for for Kamara to strike. Um, you know, what? there's there's a, oh yeah, there's a chink in the armor, John. There's a, there's a very real scenario here in which Jimmy G throws like three picks in his own red zone, and Kamara just stomps in for four touchdowns. So you're saying that the San Francisco 49ers – now officially have something more to play for. They're yeah. officially they should have a no, lot more not, motivation not, to go. Not they've there. got not that they've got more to play for, just that they've got a little more pressure on them now. But you know? they do have more. They, they should be much more motivated than they were say a week ago. No, I'm I'm not doubting that their motivation. I'm doubting Jimmy G's ability to withstand under pressure. Uh, I think this is another stretch, Chuck. Nope, not at all. I mean, this is uh, Jimmy Jimmy G is almost as bad as Jameis Winston. I'll say it. I don't. I, I think that's an exaggeration. I am on the. I've been on the. Jimmy G is a fraud, good quarterback, and they'd be a lot better off with like Teddy Bridgewater train. But that's neither here nor there. I don't think. And uh, Amari Cooper uh, plays the Bears. Not a great matchup, but bad matchup. It is, but the Bears are really more or less riding on. Like, 
the early season, they've been giving up a metric fuck ton of points to wide receivers. Um, like in recent weeks, their average is only four points less than the NFL average, and it's slowly moving t- closer towards the NFL average. Um, and now, I mean, I think the Cowboys are now got their got their asses in the seats. They need they need to play. So they're asking the jackpot right now. They need to play for everything. Um, Cooper has came out today, said he wants to be in uh, Dallas next year. He's going to be about all about getting Dak and him paid. So I'm big on that. Uh, Darren Waller, love that matchup against Tennessee. And I love Gordon and even Jarvis Landry's matchups this week against either Jacksonville or uh, Cincinnati. So... Um, I love most of my matchups. I think I'm poised for a big game. I'm going with myself. You love most of your matchups. Yep. You what heard me. What the fuck is wrong with you? All right. I'm just going to make it quick because you've already honestly covered most of my points and somehow spun them in the wrong direction. Yep. Kamara is not getting back on track against San Francisco. That's just, he has been playing mediocre at best, and San Francisco has the best <laughs> defense in the league. It's not going to get any easier against them. Philadelphia, as I've already said, uh, not a top run defense, but a good enough run defense to shut down a Giants offense that has not looked good in, the, in recent weeks. Uh, you have, uh, for Garrison, you have White and Henry. Uh, what am I saying here? Oh, yeah, White and Derrick Henry. So, I don't know, because you're so dumb that it's just uh, unbelievable. Can't even read. Disgusting. So you got White and Henry. Uh, yeah, are you going with Garrison or not? Let's get on with no, no, no. You, you you got twenty minutes to somehow say that your team is not gonna lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna put in my two cents. White and Henry, both in line for good days, which you've already mentioned. Uh you got uh is MJJ gonna be able to do anything uh with uh with David Blau in there? He had an okay day already. Uh I think that Gary's gonna be in really good shape if the Steelers uh play, if his Steelers play. Uh, and again, I think Amari Cooper is going to get absolutely fucked against Chicago. So I'm, I, I don't see any way that you win this. I got Gary and by even more if the Steelers play or if his Steelers play. John, you've made a huge mistake there. You know what you've done? What? You can't sleep on the commish, John. Oh you can you. never sleep on the commish. Oh, Charlie, I am out like a light on the commission. Okay. All right. Take us to the next. Take it. I, I'm, I'm done trying to convince you otherwise. Take us to the next one. All right. We're going down the line. You versus Brian. All right. Uh, it was pretty easy. I'm picking you because <laughs> uh, I don't because I don't like Brian. And I think he's going to lose. Okay. Uh, I'll give some credence to it because I do think this is going to be a close one. My main reason that I think I'm going to be able to pull it out. Uh, you got for me McCaffrey against Atlanta. You got Adams against Washington. You got Edelman against Kansas City. Those are three opportunities for really big games for those three guys. For my top three draft picks last or this past draft, uh, I think that's going to carry me through. I think that Elliott's going to struggle against Chicago, whose uh, run defense is pretty solid. Dalvin Cook, uh, if he does play, is going to be playing banged up. He did not finish the game last night. Uh, Galladay struggled a lot the first time they played Minnesota. Uh, they're playing Minnesota again. Uh, we're going to see if Galladay is able to, uh, you know, turn that around. Uh, but for right now, the evidence points against that being the case. 
Uh, so I think it's going to be me on the back of some really good performances from my, you know, top tier guys. All right, fair enough, John. I think that you will uh, be able to uh, stop Brian from winning the league. <laughs> I agree. I'll do my best. All right, next we got uh, Mike for Zach. Okay. Uh, this one, I mean, I got I got Zach by a country mile because Mike's team has shown the an inability to even resemble um, a pulse. <laughs> It's bad. Uh, he's going in the wrong direction. It, yeah, I mean, like, it, he's going to get fucked by the Cardinals, Kenyon Drake versus David Johnson. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's kind of matchup proof, but, like, not really, especially against the Patriots, but we'll see. Gallup against Chicago. Again, Amari Cooper's going to feast, and so Gallup is going to have a really, really tough day. Um, and Shepard against Philly. You know, Daniel Jones, again, quarterback, not very good. Uh, going over to Mr. Weatherly, Douglas, Miami. Miami's got life. The Jets will see if they are going to kill themselves now. If they've all but ruined their playoff chances. And then, you know, which Tennessee team shows up for Josh Jacobs? Which New England team, frankly, shows up for Travis Kelsey? Uh, which Eagles team? you know, shows up for both Wentz and um, Jeffrey. Um, so, I mean, I don't love any of Zach's guys, but I think they're sure as hell of a lot better than Mike, so I'm going with him. Once again, due to a myriad of technical difficulties, uh, Chuck and I were unable to go in-depth on our uh, later picks. However, we still managed to make them just in a very abbreviated version uh, that you will now listen to even that's a little cut off once again we here at the pod apologize for the uh pretty lackluster ending that we're about to throw at you and uh we're gonna try to get this one figured out for next week but for now uh enjoy difficulties i have zach beating mike because zach's not as good or zach's bad but mike is way worse and then i have uh paul beating ben all right. Uh, I also so I have I have Zach uh, Zach by a lot. Mike's team blows, uh, and then I have Paul beating Ben. Uh, I think Ben just has some tough matchups, uh, and then overall um, champion wise, uh, I think I got to give it to I got to give it to Colin. He's looked too un- unstoppable recently. I'm going with the I'm going with the cross pod championship. The commission versus Jay with the commission winning it. Poet Bowl. I have Mike versus Ben and uh, Mike losing it. Yeah, I got I got Mike losing as well. Okay, so uh, there you have it. Uh, those are our picks. Uh, we've done this in about 15 different fucking recordings and before it cuts out, I will just say be sure to set your lineups. Uh, tune in next week for our Toilet Bowl preview episode, but until then peace. Yeah! Don't feel